Blog Talk Radio. Ladies and gentlemen, it's Tuesday night, and you know exactly what that means. It's time for the real conversation with Shayna Thornton. Let's talk America with hosts. Shayna Thornton is your radio talk show spotlighting the critical issues of today. She is certain to feature expert guests and celebrities each and every Tuesday night. She is a celebrated newspaper columnist, popular blogger, and award-winning radio talk show personality who has a passion for groundbreaking discussions. Here she is. Let's welcome the one and only, the engaging host for the national show. Please give it up for Shana Thornton. Well, good Tuesday evening to everyone out there, and welcome to your award-winning family radio talk show program, Let's Talk America, with your host, Shana Thornton. Of course, I am Shana, and I am thrilled and honored and very grateful that you have joined us this Tuesday night. It is Tuesday, April the 21st, 2015, and we have one amazing and groundbreaking news segment for you tonight. We are talking about standardized testing at our schools. And it is a hot topic right now for many reasons because, of course, students and parents and educators always want the students to perform their best on there. And, of course, unless you have been living under a rock, you already know about the very uh, public scandal that went on in Atlanta public school systems. We're going to get into all of that tonight. So please stay with us for the next 45 minutes or so for this very special edition of Let's Talk America with your host, Shane. Thornton, because our exclusive featured guests will truly awe you. You have to stay with us. You know, one thing you should already know about this national program is that this show is for every single member of the community and every member of the family. We leave no one out, so please know that. We try our best to certainly bring you worthy news segments and conversation pieces that are relevant and always timely. This is your show, and we thank you for all of the feedback, and I personally encourage you to keep the feedback coming. Please, I would always love to hear from you. It's a one-stop shop. Of course, you can visit our website, which is www.letstalkamericawithshanathornton.com. Of course, again, that website is www.letstalkamericawithshanathornton.com. Or uh, you can save yourself uh, some time if you don't feel like navigating the website right off. You can send us an email at letstalkshana at gmail.com. Again, that's letstalkshana at gmail.com. Email us your questions, concerns, anything you want to know. No, but that website is certainly a jewel. If you're interested in knowing our upcoming featured topics and guests, the website will help you out. So do take a visit. And also, we're always appreciative of all of our national partners and sponsors. Right now, please lend me your ears for just a few seconds to hear some very important messaging. I will be right back, I promise. Are you exhausted from looking for love? Give up your search. Love is not something to chase down. Getting the truth allows you to get and maintain real love. Love comes from God and only through people. Invest in learning how to define love as God does. God sees you as a priceless gift to humanity who is deserving of unconditional love, validation, and acceptance. Purchase a copy of Love Doesn't Hurt, Life Lessons for Women from Amazon.com and discover an uncommon, preternatural love that surpasses your imagination and dreams. Love Doesn't Hurt, 
Life Lessons for Women, is a God-inspired manuscript that offers timeless wisdom and spiritual solutions for improving personal relationships, developing purpose, self-worth and identity, healing from abuse, distinguishing love from its imposters, avoiding dangerous relationships, and steps to breaking toxic bonds. Additionally, there are life lessons on marriage, dating, sex from a spiritual perspective, and so much more. Get your copy today of Love Doesn't Hurt, Life Lessons for Women from Amazon.com. Glamour Treats. We make handmade organic body products, including whipped fragrance, shea butter lotion, rejuvenating body exfoliant, moisturizing lip balm. Glamour Treats has the perfect personalized party favors for any event, weddings, anniversaries, baby and bridal showers. Posh Elite Petite Treats. Be true to yourself. GlamourTreats.com. The latest album from sensational jazz musician John H. Porter will simply inspire you. The album title, When the Sun Goes Down, is an original collection of modern jazz music performed by the critically acclaimed John H. Porter. All music lovers will truly fall in love with every track which boldly possesses feeling and spirit. The album has been called a rare masterpiece that captures life itself. This album makes the perfect gift for a loved one or yourself. When the Sun Goes Down offers nine exceptional musical tracks that will simply amaze you. The album is on sale right now. Visit CDBaby.com, iTunes, or Amazon to purchase John H. Porter's latest album, When the Sun Goes Down. Do know that we appreciate all of our national sponsors and partners. They make this show what it is. And, of course, we'd be remiss if we didn't mention and always remain grateful to our weekly listeners. I thank everyone because it is truly a village. It's a team effort to keep everything going. So thank you, thank you, thank you. If you want more information about the sponsors featured tonight or any additional ones, please feel free to visit our brand-new, newly designed and easy-to-navigate website. I will mention it again. It is www.letstalkamericawithshaynathornton.com. Well, everyone, I am excited because we have one uh, hot conversation piece for you tonight. Of course, standardized testing is very big right now. If you have a student, a grandchild, a godchild, a neighbor, niece or nephew uh, that is on the brink of going to college or finishing school, you know how important standardized testing is. But let me not be remiss. If you have students or grandkids that are in the elementary school system, you also know how important it is. You know, standardized testing is used for many things. Uh, They rank schools with it. Um, A lot of times students are put in certain classes based off of those testing. Parents are giving information on what areas need to be improved. Standardized testing is here. It is a reality if you like it or not. And tonight I have two exclusive guests uh, that will break everything down. I'm excited because our first featured guest is the one and only Dr. Charlotte Benson Brown. She is the founder of Parenting Through the School Years and it's a pretty neat organization that truly addresses a standardized testing concerns for all students. So you want to certainly check out that conversation piece with her. Uh, She is truly an expert, a leading educator for many years. And also I have with me tonight uh, Dr. Gerald L. Durley. 
He, of course, is a leading educator. He has uh, taught for years. He's also a psychologist and also a community activist in the Atlanta communities. And he's going to speak with us exclusively about what uh, is going on or what went on, rather, uh, with the Atlanta public school system, uh, that whole case, uh, better known to some as a scandal. It's been all over the national media programs. We're going to break that situation down also. So stay with us. Of course, this is a very timely conversation piece and always relevant, okay? So if you're thinking, hey, my kid's in sixth grade, the standardized testing is not that much of a big deal, uh, we have conversation pieces with you tonight uh, that will certainly let you know, of course, how critical those test performances have been in past years and continue to be. So do stay with us. Before I bring in our first exclusive guest, the one and only Dr. Charlotte Benson Brown with Parenting Through the School Years, please allow me to share some words of inspiration for tonight's segment. You know, Michael Angelo once said, the greater danger for most of us is not that our aim is too high and we miss it, but that it is too low and we reach it. Again, Michael Angelo once said, the greater danger for most of us is not that our aim is too high and we miss it, but that it is too low and we reach it. Wow, I know that is relevant for someone listening to my voice tonight. You know, we have to stay true to our goals and stay focused. And don't sell yourself short. So many people do that. The potential that you have, your destiny is great. I don't care who you are. I don't care what you may have been told growing up or what you're being told now. But you have a future that is bright. And I hope you believe it. And I hope you know it. Well, my first exclusive guest is educator Dr. Charlotte Benson-Brown. She's a celebrated educator in the South Carolina area, and she believes that all students should have the right to a great education and perform well on all of the tests that are out there. And she includes everyone, including that minority student, and that has been a lot of her focus in the past years with her organization. Ladies and gentlemen, please help me welcome the one and only educator Dr. Charlotte Benson-Brown. Good Tuesday evening to you, listeners of Let's Talk America, with your host, Shana Thornton. I said it before, and tonight's topic is education. More specifically, we're putting the spotlight on standardized testing. And I have the honor of speaking right now with a dear friend of mine and also a renowned and celebrated educator, Dr. Charlotte Brinson-Brown. She is the owner and operator of Benson Brown Education Consulting. How are you this evening, Dr. Brown? Hi, how are you? I am excited because I will tell you this, you know, I I love education. I'm intrigued by it always. I came through the public education system myself. But tonight we're talking about something uh, that matters, and there's a lot of emphasis on it if we want to uh, be happy about it or not. Standardized testing, uh, if you will, uh, is very prevalent right now, and there, again, a lot of conversation surrounding it. So we're going to get right to it because you're the expert, of course, You know, my first question for you is this. You know, standardized testing has always been valued in the education system, at least uh, from my understanding, at least for the last 30 or 40 years. How has the process evolved, Dr. Brown? Well, um, just a brief overview. Uh, Standardized testing um, was first used in the military and uh, then schools kind of took on that same system to assess their students. So as early as World War I, um, 
around the 19, early 1900s or so, you have standardized testing implemented in school systems as a means for um, administrators and principals to kind of assess student learning. And then it's evolved over time to be used per grade level, for entrance into colleges and things of that nature. You know, wow, and that is intriguing. I was not aware that it actually started in the military and eventually adapted by the school system. Mm -hmm. yeah. Wow, that's mm -hmm. a little, look, you learn something new every day. Again, we're putting the spotlight on education, in particular standardized testing in the U.S. in 2015. My featured guest tonight is the one and only, the celebrated educator, Dr. Charlotte Benson Brown. You know, Dr. Brown, testing can be stressful, and, and I'm just being upfront. When I speak to different individuals, a lot of them are stressed by the standardized testing that takes place in the school system, be it the public school system or the private school system. You know, it's stressful uh, for the teachers, the educators, uh, the parents, and also the students. You know, tell us or explain rather the pressures uh, uh, that come with the test taking or the process. Mm, it's a lot of debate. Um, overall, teachers feel pressure. I know as a teacher when I taught grade school, there's pressure um, because you can't, uh, as most teachers like to um, argue is that you can't choose your students. And so you're not, um, a lot of teachers don't necessarily want to feel responsible for what they're not able to account for um, what kids learn uh, at home perhaps or what they learned before they got to them. So teachers feel the pressure um, to, to for their students to perform on grade level um, every year. Um, and I would say that as a teacher, I can, as a teach, former teacher, I can understand that, um, but I'm also of the mindset that um, kids will do better or perform better um, if teachers work with them every day and they might not necessarily perform on grade level or above, but um, I do believe that with our teachers' persistence and patience and hard work that um, students will, um, can do better um, every year. That being said, um, parents, um, that's a tricky one because you want your kids to do well on standardized testing, so they feel the pressure as well. Yes. Um, and I would say that at this point in time, um, people have been arguing what to do with standardized testing for so long, and it doesn't, doesn't necessarily seem like the debate is coming to an end. So my advice um, to parents, and I'm a parent myself, yes. it is to just prepare your kids to do well on standardized testing okay. that you can until another system comes into play. Wow. And, you know, and, and so you bring up valid points. I think everyone involved in the process can be stressed. That's not to say that every student or every parent or every teacher is, but we can understand why so many have expressed uh, the pressures that come with uh, that time of year where the parents get that notice that standardized testing will happen in a few weeks. Now, with that being said, okay, and let's look at it from the student's perspective. They're stressed. They want to do well. The parents want them to do well. They want to uh, also do well to eventually go on to a uh, great university or college. You know, it, from your perspective, and you have a lot of experience when it comes to education uh, yourself. You're an educator. And right now you're a consultant. You're also on faculty at a renowned university here in the U.S. Is there a benefit? to standardize testing? Because we know there are individuals that get nervous, they can't sleep the night before, they get butterflies in their stomach. But with all this being said, is there a real advantage or benefit that comes from any of this? 
No. Um, overall, uh, a test, uh, and reason, that's just not my opinion, but studies have backed this up. A test does not indicate really um, a child's ability, right? Mm -hmm. A child can, some children just do not uh, do well necessarily on tests, perhaps because um, they don't have a lot of practice with these uh, types of test questions or the test, you know, they're not familiar with it. Um, perhaps they freeze up, you know, they could very well know the information, but because they know that uh, testing is high stakes, um, they freeze up. So the testing doesn't necessarily always indicate what a child knows or their ability. Yeah. Um, so I would say no way uh, if your child does not perform well on standardized tests does that indicate that they're not smart. Yes. Right? I w yeah, n not at all. But I would say that standardized testing basically is the name of the game in school. Okay. And so as a parent, you just have to do the best that you can to prepare your child uh, to take these tests and, yeah. and hopefully excel. Wow. You know, uh, Dr. Charlotte Benson-Brown, of course, is with us. And, Dr. Brown, so from your perspective, you're saying uh, that there really is no benefit overall to it. Now, but you're also saying it's the name of the game. So, obviously, the students uh, want to do uh, the best they can, and hopefully that could be uh, average or above average uh, performance. You know, with that being said, when you look at the big perspective, and, and I know every student uh, will not go on to a four-year institution or even sometimes a two-year a technical program or skilled program, which is okay. People choose their own path. Some may go into the military. Uh, some may go to start their own business or choose to work first and maybe perhaps go back and get other skill sets. But is it really necessary, when we look at the big picture, and I'm talking about beyond the student that wants to go to college, is it necessary to excel at standardized testing? Because you're saying it's the name of the game, and, and with that being said, uh, would you say it's probably mandatory or highly recommended to at least excel at the game? Okay, so when I say it's the name of the game, I mean that in the sense that um, a lot of parents, I think, believe, and I know I did too, that um, in order for their children to excel in school, and, and I mean that, and when I say excel, I mean that, that they're in classes that um, and that challenge them to think critically. Okay. Classes that challenge kids to think critically lead them to college uh level classes in high school that really, that's really when kids get to push um, to be prepared for college. Okay. And that happens in elementary, elementary and middle school. Okay. So hmm. kids can be in accelerated or alert or whatever, whatever it's called or gifted and talented classes in, uh, in elementary and middle school. Um, and a lot of parents think that kids get into those classes based on whether or not they're in, um, they've made it into A and AB honor roll, and that's not the case. Um, most schools determine whether or not kids get into gifted and talented classes based off of their standardized test scores. Wow. So if you believe your child, um, based off of their career aspirations, wants to go to college, then you want them to be in classes that are going to prepare them um, um, with critical thinking skills in English and math and yes. science and history um, and, and schools take those results from those standardized test scores and they automatically, oftentimes, well not automatically, but they pull those kids who scored very well and they perhaps will send a letter home to parents saying that we believe your child should be in these accelerated gifted and talented programs. Yes. 
or because they score well, we believe that they should be uh, tested, gifted in talented. So it could be based off of how well they score on those tests in the spring, and or it could be based off of a gifted and talented test that the school districts issue. I see. So if you put, if you plan on playing that game, okay, then yes, you need to have your kids prepared well for these standardized tests every year. And normally they take them up until eighth grade. I see. And but so- then they know which way kids don't necessarily stay, but they know which way kids are going because of their preparation level. I see. Wow, amazing information. Again, we have the one and only educator, Dr. Sharla Benson-Brown. She is with us. Topic of discussion tonight, education. Specifically, we're putting the spotlight on standardized testing. So now, Dr. Brown, you are eloquently just said that the steps to uh, succeed and everybody's success path looks different. And we all know, obviously, everyone does not have to go on to a two- or four-year um, institution of higher learning. We know that. But you're saying if, for instance, someone says their child wants to be a teacher, obviously, to teach in the school system, you need a college degree, for instance. We know that. So you're saying that the Steps to get there cannot necessarily start when you get in the 11th grade, right, and saying, hey, I want to be a teacher now and then expecting to go to college within that next year. You're saying that parents need to be aware and proactive that when they're in ele- the kids are in elementary or middle school, that they need to be aware that there are certain classes that will lead up to college preparatory classes so they can be able to compete, right, on a global scale to go to college and not just get accepted to college because I want to say this because I went to college also, you know, not just get accepted, but excel in college. Isn't that a part of the whole process of succeeding overall when you talk about an occupation such as being a teacher, right, Dr. Brown? Right. And I would say as early as preschool. Okay. I mean, <laughs> and I say that because across the board, if you were to pull your school's test board, more than likely you would see that kids of color, even if you live in a middle class, nice neighborhood, the yes. kids of color are not performing um, at, on the same level as their white peers. Okay. Um, and, that's, and that's because of the preparation. And that's not to say that parents of color don't care, but the preparation is different. Okay. And so it's, under, and it's understanding that reading, 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 reading early sets them up for being able to um, critically analyze text when they get to elementary and middle school. And um, it seems... It's interesting that um, it, it wouldn't, but, you know, you got to think of someone who's playing sports, right? Yes. If they're going to learn how to um, play basketball, they got to learn how to dribble, they got to practice, 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 so they can really um, learn those ball handling skills. So if you want kids to really, really uh, grasp the skills that they need to do well in reading uh, those, those heavy texts when they get to college, it starts very early. Wow. So you have to be proactive. Uh, some advice given out right now by the one and only celebrated educator, Dr. Sharla Benson-Brown. Tell me this, Dr. Brown, how can a parent attempt to help foster good performance on standardized testing? Because you've emphasized, of course, it's the name of the game, and we know you're saying uh, so well that uh, standardized testing, uh, whatever the performance or results uh, are, does not mean that your child is not intelligent. It doesn't necessarily mean they're a genius either. Uh, You're saying let that be known. But say a parent wants their kid to uh, do well on these tests, right? You know, what what can they do? Can they do anything? Or are you really stuck with saying, hey, they're not a good performer or they're a decent performer or they're a great performer. There's nothing you can do. Is it sort of like you're set to have brown eyes at birth and that's it? 
No, I think uh, with most things in life, um, if you practice at it, you get better at it. So okay. I would say if when the test scores come home, um, normally, just I guess depending on your school district, but I know for us, we, we don't get the test scores until the kids come back to school in the fall. Okay. Um, and so um, reading those test scores, not necessarily the 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 report card, right, the A's and the A's okay. and all, the, all of those wonderful grades that they made. But looking through those test scores and see what percentile um, or rank your child falls into. Um, perhaps uh, scheduling a, a meeting with the teachers and okay. saying, okay, how does this translate into what grade level they're saying my child is on? Are yeah. they on grade level? So does, this score, does the score reflect if they're in third grade? Or the test when they took it, you know, when they went third grade, does the score reflect a third grader's learning, or is it that it's saying that they're performing on a second grade level or a okay. first grade level? And so I would say then start from there. So if it is saying that they are below grade level, um, or perhaps it's indicating certain skills that they need to work on, then finding out um, what websites or apps or whatever other. Yeah. Um, uh, worksheets or things like that the teachers can offer that you can work on with them every day until they get better at that particular skill. You know, I, I love what you're saying because you're saying stay positive in so many words, right, Dr. Brown? Because you're right. saying so you get the results back, and I know wherever someone is, maybe they're in Georgia, they're in uh, New York, they're in California or South Carolina, you're saying they get them back in the fall when school has started, and, you know, the parent may be like we're in a great mode, and they get the test, and maybe the standardized test results are not what they want them to be, right? You're saying it's not the end of the world. It's not crumbling, oh, there's no future for my child. You're saying stay positive and really be empowered. You're saying go to the teacher, even if you've got to go to the last year's teacher or this current teacher, what can we do to improve the performance, right? And you're saying also be empowered yourself to go do some research, maybe, um, you know, without the conversation of the teacher. Obviously, you want to collaborate with her or him as much as possible. But you're saying go to different websites, try to get worksheets, things that can, you know, allow the child to improve. And I, I love that concept because you're saying don't give up and don't just get in a, a kind of a slump, Right. Right, because if uh, you give up, uh, essentially they'll just fall more and more behind. Okay. And so, um, and then they'll get more and more frustrated and, and really perhaps feel like, you know, they can't do it. And you don't want to foster that. No parent wants to foster that no. feeling. So um, whatever it takes, you know, someone in the neighborhood, at church or whatever, who can tutor them in certain skills. Okay. Um, practice, 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 I would say, until they build up their confidence in that particular skill. Because each year, school builds on, you know, something else that they were supposed to yeah. learn the year before. So building up those skills hopefully will build up their confidence and um, help them to do well on the test. One thing that I would also suggest is that uh, parents can also look for sample test questions. So teachers may or may not give them sample tests. They should, okay. but some of them may or may not give them, but maybe because of time constraints. Okay. Um, as many practice test questions. So you know the test is coming up in the spring, then um, there are lots of great websites out there that can offer you um, practice test questions because just like anything, right, when kids uh, practice it, they're more familiar with it, but when they get the test, you know, they don't, they're not completely taken off guard. They can say, hey, I've done this before, this looks familiar, 
they'll calm down and finish through, and hopefully you begin to see progress, success, and the test scores. Wow. So you're talking about, again, we have Dr. Charlotte Benson-Brown with on Let's Talk America with host Shana Thornton this Tuesday night. So we're talking about building the steps of success. We're talking about foundational steps. And you keep saying the P word, practice, practice, practice. And I know you would agree, Dr. Brown, that, you know, the same thing that can make our son great soccer players, right, uh, is the same thing that it may take to perform well at these standardized testing, right? So you have to practice. You can't say, I'm not going to really think about it and deal with it and then expect to do well all of a sudden in the month of April, right? It has to be something that's continuing a process of improvement. Would you agree? Right, all year long, right? You can't just you can't just give out uh, you know, nice hot breakfast in the morning. Yes. And and give give some off good luck, you know, because I know school's been home that that uh, advice, you know, to prepare them for a test. So yes, a good breakfast in the morning is great, but also being able to prepare them all throughout the school year, encouraging them to read on their own, reading with them, um, doing practice math problems. You know, and not necessarily always perhaps bringing it in like we're having a sit-down lesson. And okay. Learning, but infusing learning throughout um, and, and establishing a love for learning just by saying, you know, hey, did you know this happened then? Or yes. what do you think about that? Or count this or whatever. So kids are always in the practice of, of wanting to pick up and learn new things. Wow. And, you're, and I love that. Make learning fun. You're right. So you're saying it doesn't necessarily, mm-hmm. when you're at home, has to be the structured here. Look at this chalkboard. Do this, do that. You know, because I think right. some parents are like, I got to do this every single day. But you're saying allow the child to really look forward to learning. And so it's not so much a a task, or if you will, or rather some sort of punishment, right? Keep it positive. Right. Most wow. definitely, yes, yes. I love that. You know, before you get out of here, uh, from your perspective, uh, really quickly, Dr. Brown, does standardized testing indicate anything about long-term success? I mean, I know you say you want to do well to be able to uh, make yourself more competitive to get into college and finish college, and that's important because it's two parts to college that we often know there are individuals that get in who don't finish. So to finish it, but, you know, any long-term success, if, if someone uh, just isn't a great test taker, and I, and I know you of all people don't put a whole lot of emphasis on anything that doesn't mean anything about intellect, but when we look at success and productivity in our society, is there any a correlation or affiliation? No, well, the testing indicates, like, uh, the high test scores on, like, ACT and SCT indicate to colleges how prepared you are to handle college coursework. So in that sense, um, it can perhaps indicate that, you know, you won't um, receive all these chunky readings from different college courses or, um, you know, uh, these these uh, organic chemistry, you won't freak out. You'll be able to um, um, handle it well because uh, you have the, the skills um, at this particular point to succeed in college. But um, I would say that there are other skills if you um, um, look up reports of what employers want. And yes. so in the end, there are uh, a host of other skills that employees are looking for in terms of being able to work with diverse uh, group of people and uh, being able to work within a team, being dependable, being creative. These are all other things that employers are looking for. And and I would say that, yeah, standardized test scores are indeed seen as a filter, if you will, to to see who's going to continue on and push through and make it, you know, through the, to this next 
uh, phase of life. But overall, once you get there, you still need these other skills in order to be successful. Wow. You know, we offer real news talk for real people here on Let's Talk America with your host, Shana Thornton. The spotlight tonight on standardized test-taking in the school system with the one and only celebrated educator, Dr. Charlotte Benson-Brown. You know, before you get out of here, I'm stating the obvious. There is a lot of emphasis in 2015 on standardized testing, if, as parents, we like it or not. It's reality. Any lasting advice, Dr. Brown, to parents out there uh, that are concerned with the process or the concept of standardized test-taking? Anything to ease their stress, their pain, for them to stay empowered? Well, I would say that there is hope uh, in getting the system changed. Um, There are colleges that are looking at uh, different ways to um, assess kids and determine whether or not they are um, ready for college. Um, For instance, some assessments instead of just taking SAT or ACT or looking at the whole student. So have them perhaps produce a project of sorts and not just uh, a test to determine if okay. they're ready. So wow. parents could perhaps lobby for that. Um, I know that there are some parents that are choosing to um, allow their children to opt out of standardized testing as a means to um, kind of protest the, the use of standardized test scores. So that's a movement that's being started. And I'm not saying that um, that's something I necessarily agree okay. with in the sense that um, because so much is dependent upon um, and when it comes to placing kids, on standardized test scores, if you opt them out, yes, you can do that, but then um, I would say have another plan in place for if you want to get them into different magnets or what okay. different gifted and talented programs, what means are they going to use to assess your child if that's if standardized testing is basically the, the primary source of determining whether or not they want to get them in there. Wow. So I would say that, you know, there is hope that parents can continue to see um, what other means that schools push, or I should say push schools and school districts and the government to, to find other ways to assess kids. You know, if we like it or not, standardized testing right now is uh, normal. It is a standard if you like it or not. So in the words of Dr. Charlotte Benson-Brown, to try to do the best you can on them. And, of course, every parent uh, can choose their way for their own child. But knowledge is power, and we are so thankful for all of the information you provided on this Tuesday night, Dr. Charlotte Benson-Brown. Before you get out of here, I know you mentioned several times about for parents to go out there and find different websites with different information. I can tell you your website offers a lot of information, great for every parent of every uh, different background. How can our national listeners get in contact with you or find out more about your group, of course, Benson Brown Education Consultant Company? Sure. They can go to www.parentingthroughschoolyears.com, um, and on the site they can find scholarships, internships, summer programs, advice um, about uh, uh, different activities that they can um, use with uh kindergarten, middle school, and high schoolers, and you can also find Parenting for School Years on Facebook, Pinterest, and Instagram. Wow, we love it. Thank you for staying connected with the national uh, audience of uh, Let's Talk America with host Shana Thornton, and continue to, of course, push for all students to excel overall in every uh, way they can uh, in terms of academics and also socially and emotionally. Thank you, Dr. Brown. Thank you so much for having me. 
Wow, what a conversation, again, with the one and only leading educator, Dr. Charlotte Benson-Brown. I hope you learned a lot because I sure did. Yet, listeners of Let's Talk America, the conversation is not over yet. Again, this is a special edition. Education is the topic. Standardized testing, specifically, is what we are discussing tonight or putting the spotlight on. Uh, Before we get out of here, I have an exclusive conversation I have to get to you. Of course, I have the opportunity to sit down with the one and only community activist, leading educator, and also psychologist, Dr. Gerald L. Durley. He has uh, had contact uh, with individuals, of course, close to uh, the Atlanta public school system, uh, the situation, the case, the scandal, as many are calling it. So we're going to talk one-on-one with him. We're going to get his thoughts on many areas and aspects of this case, everything that went down. Let's get going. Listeners of your award-winning family radio talk show, Let's Talk America, with your host, Shana Thornton, you know it's Tuesday night. And, of course, we just wrapped up a powerful conversation with leading educator, uh, academia, uh, Dr. Charlotte Benson-Brown, about the process of standardized testing. And on this show, you know we like to keep our information and programming relevant and timely. And, of course, uh, we cannot, we'd be remiss if we did not talk about uh, the recent uh, news story of the hour, of course, uh, what they're referring to as the APS uh, scandal, uh, Atlanta public school uh, system. Uh, if you have been living under a rock, then you may not know, but I will briefly catch you up. Of course, April 1st, uh, educators were convicted of racketeering and other lesser crimes related to inflating test scores uh, for children in struggling schools of Fulton County, which is a metropolitan area um, or located in Atlanta, rather, if that gives you an idea. In 2013, Fulton uh, County, a grand jury indicted 35 educators, uh, 35 educators from uh, Atlanta Public School System, uh, over 20 cut plea deals. Uh, but what we ended up with recently on April the 1st, a five-month trial, we had uh, 10 uh, that ended up uh, not taking those plea deals, that ended up being convicted, like I said, of the racketeering and other uh, crimes. Um, and you may be keeping up that eight of the 10 uh, did uh, admit guilt Uh, The other ones did not. Uh, What I want to know right now, I have the honor and pleasure of speaking with Dr. Uh, Gerald uh, Durley. He is with us right now. He's a leading educator. Uh, He's also a psychologist, and he's a minister and a community leader in the Atlanta area. And I want to know from you right now, Dr. Durley, I want to get right to it. Uh, Is this whole situation, this scandal, if you will, is this a result of social pressure to perform well on standardized testing or tests? I think you, first of all, I'm just, you really outlined it well, even though the the numbers were there, there were 12 that were finally, uh, the last 12 that were uh, indicted and went to trial, and the trial lasted for seven months. And then of those 12, one of those who was a special education teacher, she was cleared of everything. So it came down to 11 uh, that went on the seven-month trial. And during that seven-month trial, they brought quite a few teachers and parents and children up there. And the the jury was six six blacks, one Latino. It was mixed between male and female. It was an evenly black, uh, balanced, diverse committee, uh, a a, a diverse jury. And and, uh, there were about nine attorneys involved in this. And during that time, Judge Baxter continuously asked them to take a plea. Now, what was the plea? The plea was that if you pleaded guilty and said took responsibility and said 
uh, I'm guilty of these charges, as did the others, then that would be you would receive probation, some community hours, and you could go ahead with your life. These uh, individuals said that they did not do anything, that they were not guilty, and that they wanted a jury trial. When they went to the jury trial, of course, as you know, they were found guilty. And after they were found guilty, the sentencing at the time yesterday, two days ago, was for them to come into sentencing. And in the, in the sentencing, 11 of them uh, said that uh, they would go before the sentencing. Again, the district attorney and the judge said, uh, even after you've been convicted of the crime, it's a matter of your having been guilty. And they said, and they wanted them to say four, four things. At the sentencing trial, four or five things. Basically, the first thing they wanted them to say was, I'm guilty of okay. the crime. Judge kept saying, Resp- take responsibility. Next, make an apology to the community, yes. the parents, and all of this. And they wouldn't do it. So then, and then a bond hearing and First Amendment rights. Now, a lot of this started when you go back, you've got to go all the way back to No Child Left Behind. You've got to go back to No Child Left Behind. And in that, it said, your, your school must improve if uh, certain kinds of monies are to flow. Superintendents, principals, and teachers were under a tremendous amount of okay. pressure to show under the CRCT test that their grades, that their schools were improving. So they created a climate that for continuing to improve test scores. So it's been proven that in many of these scores that superintendents, uh, Beverly Hall, who was the overall superintendent, yes. these down and it came on down. Of course, she died in the process, so she was never... Uh, indicted or went to trial. She didn't go to trial. So consequently, you had that pressure throughout. Okay. And they they had 58 schools under this, and of those 58, they narrowed it down to certain teachers. And as you said, initially there were 38, and many of them took a plea. Yes. And it's come down to this. So now last night, the last ones uh, got out there under what we call a bond appeal. Okay. A bond appeal. So that's where everything is now. In 30 days, they'll go back before the judge to appeal for a new trial. So, you know, we know there were those in 2013 who uh, admitted guilt. They're saying, yes, they're guilty. They took plea deals. Uh, We know as of uh, April 14th, of course, uh, eight of ten of them uh, refused to admit guilt. Two did. Two did. You know, again, I want to go back to this. And I know you brought up No Child Left Behind and the standardized testing. We talked some earlier at the top of this hour about the pressure for the ones that admitted guilt because there are those eight out there um, that obviously I'm assuming still saying they're innocent they didn't have anything to do with this but for those uh, over a dozen that are admitting it okay right. uh, does this fall into I- I've got to make sure I keep my job I have to make sure I'm a- able to get these bonuses I don't want well, to make the school look bad do you mean the pressure yes I believe the pressure was and, and talking to those whether those that have admitted guilt or not it was a climate or we call it a culture that was a culture that and this has been going on for, as some people say, for eight, nine years, and it goes on in many school systems. It, in fact, we found out that it went on at, <coughs> excuse me, West Point and Stanford, but the people never went under this indictment. They just kind of cleaned it up and everyone kept their job. This was not the case. Now, some believe that when Governor Purdue, who was a former governor before deal, yes. that was a, the money was involved, $946 million. They wanted to put all of that money under the state, and the state then, which for all of the APS money, under the state, and then the state could divvy the money, and they would believe it would go up to, to, the, to the north side. So the disparity of that, so it came down to an economic, up to a money issue, was what many people believed. But now, be that as it may, uh, they found enough evidence that cheating had gone on and that many of the people were under pressure 
to to have producing schools. Now, some of those said that we 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 didn't we we did it because maybe it was a job, maybe it was told to us, maybe the pressure, meaning having a better score meant that I had to show that we had increased by 10% or 20% each year. I think different ones had different uh, uh, reasons. Some okay. some people it was proven that that bonuses were given. If your school score went up 20%, okay. it was a major bonus given, and it was divided among the teachers. So uh, you're all apart, and that's why this RICO, RICO is simply a conspiracy to commit crime. It doesn't mean you're a drug dealer or okay. a rapist. So that's why conspiracy was, uh, RICO was used for conspiracy, because this was going on. It was proven that it was blatant. Wow, which which is interesting uh, to bring up. I want to talk about uh, the judge, Judge Baxter, uh, in okay. this case, who, of course, um, was very uh, pivotal, instrumental in the sentencing that took place again on okay. April the 14th. I, I caught a media clip where he kept saying, uh, this is not a victimless crime. And, you know, th- those are powerful words to bring up because, again, you know, I know around the country, and this is a national radio talk program. This was so, not a victimless crime. Okay. So you and and, and it, from your opinion, you agree that this is not a victimless crime. No, he was saying. Well, I talked with Judge Baxter. In fact, I had prayer with him, and he got another story. Judge Baxter grew up. His father was the principal of two schools in Atlanta Public Schools. Okay. His mother taught in Atlanta Public Schools for over thirty years. Uh, he and his brother integrated North Avenue Druid Hills Baptist Church in 1962 because he was being called a racist, and all this time they believed in the public school system. And his chant was. I don't want to send anyone to jail. Why don't they get the message? And at times, his behavior was extremely erratic. In fact, at the end, he gave everybody uh, first offender rights when before none of them had rights. Then he signed. But his frustration was, this is so obvious. I don't want teachers to go to jail. Why won't they accept the responsibility? And so you had an irremovable uh, immovable force meeting a, an, an object that just was uh, stable. So you had that kind of tension there. So okay. that's to his behavior, and then finally he just just said, fine, come up, those that admit it, okay. I'm do this, those that don't, I'm throwing the book. And he said that on Monday when the sentencing was supposed to occur. So they said, go back and come back at 3 o'clock. But, so I was with the attorneys, with Paul Howard, and we went in there, and there was a lot of talking to come back with some kind of admission of guilt. That was going to be a collective bargain, but he said, I want individual people to get up and say this. Many of us thought, what, why is it so important just to say I'm guilty if you already was guilty? His position was, I want to hear it. And okay. that's what as a judge. And if you, if you heard it, if you said it, probation. You know, now, the teachers were under pressure then. They were nervous. They were afraid. They got, many of them now are indigent. They've, some have lost their homes. They're, 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 all of that. They've suffered. They've been in jail. He even made this statement in the court. I sent you to jail for 13 days, so you'll see how horrible it is, so that when you come back before this court, which was this Monday, you'd have some understanding about what it meant to have a long-term suspension. So that's the real climate, the attitude of the teachers. Uh, uh, we have yes. to be educators because some of them were not teaching at the time. You know, we have Dr. Gerald Ardurley on with us. He is a renowned educator himself. He is a psychologist and also a minister and a community civil rights 
leader in the Atlanta area, and we are putting the spotlight on standardized testing tonight on Let's Talk America with your host, Shana Thornton. Right now, uh, this particular segment, this uh, conversation uh, is about the APS scandal. In other words, the Atlanta public school system scandal. It has uh, rocketed the media. It's all over in all of the national papers. Uh, what went down? It seems to be a precedence that has been set. You know, Dr. Durley, there are many that are listening in right now who have obviously made up their minds about these educators. Uh, again, eight of the ten on April 14th um, refused to admit guilt. Uh, they're right. saying, I would rather face jail time than say I did it. Um, I, I, I guess to a certain degree, from my standpoint, um, maybe they believe they're innocent. Maybe they know they're innocent. But there are those listening in right now that are following the news that are saying, is this just a case of educators or people who refuse to take responsibility at any cost? What's your no, response no, to that? No, I don't believe that. I believe, and I've told them, they believe in it's a core value. Uh, it's a core value. It's a character uh, issue. Uh, I admire them. I admire them. Their attorneys admire them, and they, they had to go along and say and present their, their feelings, and they, they knew the actual what would happen to them. But it was a character issue. How can I stand before my God and tell and commit before a court of law that I am guilty when I know I'm not? They believed that, and they were willing to sacrifice. Uh, and, 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 and you, have to, you, ha- you really have to admire it. Uh, I question, and, and there were those of us uh, from the community in different places, we actually wondered, would we, knowing what jail is like in the, in the time, would we do that to preserve our character? Meaning, uh, we knew that we were not guilty and we're not going to admit it, even if it means going to jail. You know, there and that has, took a lot. There has been a lot that has come out uh, since this trial that's happened over several months um, that has been in the uh, news, of course, that's come under scrutiny with the national and local media. Uh, one of the things that came out uh, was that there were often uh, cheating parties, if, if I'm correct, right, where there were parties where pizza was ordered and there was almost celebration of erasing and changing answers. I mean, well, I'm, I'm not familiar with that. Okay. And whenever you, whenever you, uh, I've never heard, I've never even heard that. And that could have, could have gone on. I've never heard that. Okay. You know, sometimes there were isolated instances, which I heard where people, maybe one or two or somebody would talked about it and uh, encouraged, but I've never heard, heard just to that level. And you know, when you, I've never heard that even. Okay. I've never heard that even in the court hearing. Okay. You know, tell me this. When we talk about the community, obviously you're a community leader. Um, you're in touch with a lot of individuals. What has been the response uh, from not just educators, obviously, like yourself, but from parents, uh, from students, from individuals that want to thank the best of teachers when they send their kids to school? What has been the response? It's, it's, it's a strong mix. There, there, there are those that there, I've heard people actually use the respect the, the, the response, I don't believe these teachers should go to jail. They should go to hell. And, I mean, that was just rampant because of what they've done to the, as the judge said, that these were the victims and the children were the victims. And now you're spending all this time with people who were doing social promotion, who were doing tests okay. and, uh, and, and erasing of tests and passing kids on, and they didn't think. So it's that camp. Then there's the other camp that said the teachers were under a tremendous amount of pressure because of, the scores, again, going back to your standardized testing, you must, did the, what did the scores actually, uh, uh, were we teaching, some people said that we were teaching, we were teaching tests and not people. And, the, and education okay. is concretized bodies of knowledge so that people can 
out difficult situations because of the, the skills that they've learned, the academic skills that they've learned, but they were not teaching that. They were teaching to a test rather than teaching to people. Okay. So, so that, that whole area around testing and the pressure, so you had both sides. Some saying the teachers were guilty, many parents and, and, and just community folks out in the community. Others are saying the big thing is that I think there is a universal uh, understanding that the, 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 the justice did not fit the crime. I mean, you've, people have been erasing tests since I was in school. Okay. And, but the RICO Act, racketeering, there is a, that's a, that is a unified outcry from, 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 from all sides. You know, Dr. And, and, and again, this, you have to be clear on this, too. No one that I've, teachers and non-teachers, educators, community, whatever it is, is condones cheating. Okay. That's it. No one's condoning the cheating, but when it, it reached the, what we call the scandal stage, and if it was, and if, if that were the case and was proven guilty, then let's, let's, let's have justice, but let's don't have uh, killing a fly with a sledgehammer. You know, Dr. Gerald Durley is with us. Uh, you're a psychologist uh, as well as an educator and a minister. You're a religious leader, obviously, in your uh, community. You know, uh, tell me this, and, and no better, nobody better than you with all of that that you have going for you. Uh, there are many opinions about this that go on either side, uh, and there are some that may be in the middle that just don't know what to think, don't know what sentencing should be placed on these educators guilty or not, but how do we move forward? You're a psychologist, you're a minister, how do we move forward? Well, this is what I, I had a press conference last night, I had Bernice King with me, yes. representing the King Center. So what we're going to propose, and I've talked it over at length with uh, the DA, as they're going through these bond hearings, which is going to take some time, we're going, we want to set up something called the Atlanta Redemption Center, Atlanta Redemption Academy, which means that We'll work with the school system, set up a board, and they've asked me to chair this board. Set up a board will, will be the Atlanta Redemption Academy. All of those students, that, well, as many of the students that they can find that have these difficulties would come to this academy. It would be uh, 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 ministered by these teachers, administrators and these teachers, and these students would be found. Then they would come to help them with remediation and reading, mathematical skills, conceptual thinking, all of those things where they are inadequate, they would come to that academy. Now, that's vastly different than an alternative school. Alternative schools generally deal around discipline. This particular entity would deal with uh, of redeeming those students. Then the, then the And the teachers would be redeemed. The community would be redeemed because this would be a learning institution. And their, their service, their, uh, year, their uh, years of, uh, not service, yeah, uh, community service yeah. would be teaching and administering in this academy so, called the uh, Atlanta Redemption. And, and the, uh, the teachers like the idea, the administrators like the idea, the DA was kind of his idea to, to, to really uh, make this happen. So, and then we'll get communities from the business, from the political, from the academic, parents and teens to be uh, this board. So, Dr. Durley, you're advocating uh, forgiveness. Clearly, when all of this is said and done, you're saying let's forgive, find peace, and move forward. That's the only way. You can only uh, – all of us have – somebody said we've all sinned and fallen short of the glory of. There's not a person listening to me that has not done something that he or she is ashamed of. It might have been a mistake. It might have been deliberate. But there has to be some redemption as we get together and move on. You can't condemn a young lady because she got pregnant at 14. 
and now she's 46 and you're still talking about that. No, let's, let's raise that child, let's get them together and put their lives back together, the children's lives back together, the educators' lives back together, and learn from it so we don't, but we can learn that let's don't create that type of culture, that type of climate again. Let's go back to, I thank God that there was some teachers to me to say, sit down right now. Is that right? Read it again. And when I read it again, I knew it was wrong. And guess what I did? I erased the answers. Because these teachers were concerned about, they were teaching me and not teaching the test. Mm. And that's what made, that's why you're such a great interviewer and a, and a personality, because a teacher took that kind of time with you, was concerned about you. When you were not doing your best, they corrected you. And, and, rather than say, and so we've got to get back to that, and that's not called cheating. That was called correction. Mm. Final words from uh, the one and only celebrated Dr. Gerald Durley. Thank you. Well, okay, everyone, there you have it, two exclusive conversations with leading educators. First, Dr. Charlotte Benson-Brown with Parenting Through the School Years, and then, of course, uh, my one-on-one with Dr. Gerald L. Durley. What a special show segment tonight on your family award-winning radio talk show program, Let's Talk America, with your host, Shana Thornton. We are not done yet. Are you looking for a family-based radio talk show that addresses the relevant issues and concerns of today? You have found the right option. Let's Talk America with host Shana Thornton is your award-winning radio talk show that's for every member of the family. We feature meaningful conversations each and every Tuesday night at 7.30 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. Check out our brand-new website by visiting www.letstalkamericawithshanathornton.com. Let's Talk America with host Shana Thornton is Talk radio with substance. Tune in. I love good conversation, especially when it can make a difference. Sincere conversation can lead to action, so I believe in all of it. Thank you for joining us this very special Tuesday night, April 21st. We will see you next Tuesday night, same time, same place. We're going to have another very timely and relevant conversation for you. But you cannot leave us yet because everyone knows that I love great conversation, but I also love great and inspirational music. Tonight, I have a very special musical selection for everyone listening. It is the song titled, I Believe. I Believe. It will leave us on a high note to always stay in Inspired and motivated. Of course, this beautiful track is performed by an awesome group out of Columbia, South Carolina, my hometown, R.L. Shepard and Theory. R.L. Shepard and Theory will perform, I believe. Thanks so much for submitting the music and keep up all of the great work. All right, everybody. See you soon. All content original, copyright 2015 by Pageant and Thomas Enterprises, LLC.
Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day a little. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. BTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus.